This is the Scum and Snake Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Snake, it is playoff time. Playoffs are set. Oh my gosh. Picks are set. Oh my goodness. It was a pretty fun, crazy week watching all the matchups. Most of them, especially the ones that were, you know, kind of meaningful, were close. So that was fun to see. Uh, we'll we'll get into it. We'll break down each and every matchup and then talk about what our playoff group is officially. But first, I think we've got to do a nonsense minute. And you are coming into town this week. We are super excited to see you. But since you're going to be back in Vegas, what's your favorite Vegas like Christmas attraction or tradition? Speedway Lights, Opportunity Village. Uh, You haven't really been around for Enchant, which is kind of new, but give me something that you would look forward to here in town around Christmas time. All right. Well, I've been to the Speedway once, uh, and I haven't been to Opportunity Village in ages. <sighs> Let's see, Christmas, Vegas. What a what a question. Um, there's lots to. There's with... the SLM cactus thing. There's ice skating on the top of the Cosmo. Well, um, Christmas let's parties. go with <laughs> at your friends' houses. Let's just go with the, the, the Christmas party. How about that? Just throw a little shout out sure. to the Christmas party this weekend. Uh, going on like five years with that thing, I think. Probably longer. It's probably been around. I think we started it the same year we started Friendsgiving. So this will be number seven. Ooh, doggy. It's a good job, Brendan. Do nothing, Kamish. I'm going to say mine growing up was definitely Opportunity Village. That was like one of the first and only ones. But I would do that. All the time, you know, just walk around, especially in high school, uh, bring a girly, get some hot chocolate, super fun times, lots of good memories doing that. And then I've you mentioned the Speedway, though, and I've never actually gone through the Speedway. Two times we've pulled up to it and they're like, oh, yeah, it's a two hour wait. And I said, nope, <laughs> goodbye, turned right around. And just, you know, never going to try again, I don't think. Not not my thing to wait two hours in a car to spend another half an hour just driving through. Whatever. Yeah, I never thought it. I mean, I only went once, but I didn't think it was the greatest thing ever. You already have to drive all the way out to the Speedway just to to do it. Uh, right. Yeah, so that's that's good. Yeah, Opportunity Village. Haven't been there in forever, but I remember I think I went there once. And then also just as a kid, just when like driving around to all the neighborhoods with all the lights and yep. getting like donuts and hot chocolate and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think we're going to do that with the kids here probably next or this weekend. You know, just drive around, see who's put up good lights, you know, go to the go to the rich neighborhoods and see what kind of professional work they had done. <laughs> I don't know. Is the it, what's better, the rich neighborhoods where they probably like just put up like white lights, or maybe they don't put lights at all, or going to some of the like older neighborhoods where people like just have like a million inflatable snowmen sitting outside. I mean, I guess both, but we'll go we'll go down into like you know Summerlin, and there's plenty of houses that do do it pretty big with the blow ups with 
crazy light things. It's not all just fancy hoity-toity. There's some fun people with money. Yeah, we got to watch out for them fancy hoity-toities. <laughs> well, people, you've all been in Vegas at some point in your lives, so share with us your favorite <laughs> Vegas Christmas traditions, and we'll um, we'll talk about them. Probably not, but maybe we will. All right, Shanique, let's get into these matchups. Fun week, what was it, 14? Uh, let's start with one that didn't really mean much. Brendan was going to beat me. Uh, I put it out there that I was going to try, and like nothing really materialized. And then on top of that, I put up maybe the lowest score of this season, 54 points against Brandon's 178. So easy win for him. Uh, you know, aside from what I normally, what we normally see from me, like team or my players not being that good. Kenny Pickett went out early. T Higgins played one snap on um, like a weird like scenario. So just even, even more opportunity for Brandon to destroy me, but it's something that he needed to do, something he should have done. And he locks up his number two uh, seed and the buy first week buy of the playoffs. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen. So what I want to talk about here really quickly is I want to ask you a question. Do you feel you so you you haven't you just your team is just it's not good. We know it's not good. It hasn't been you've been scoring very low points. You've got a couple pieces, you know, T Higgins, uh, you know, Hollywood Brown. Let me see who else you got might be. Uh, you know, maybe Rondale, but do you feel like you have enough draft capital to bring your team up to snuff? Uh, no, but we so let's yet. say this, so this year you got a first and two seconds. You should probably yeah. be able to get, you should probably be able to get at least two starters with that. Your first and your second, I don't, you know, with Ernie's second, that's going to be late. Uh, probably not going to get someone that is too startable right away. And then next year you've got two firsts and a second. So really you're probably not going to have, you're really on that 2024 year really. Cause let's say you get a top running back this year and maybe you go after a quarterback, maybe you go after a receiver whatever, but that's really not going to move. You know, maybe you add what? if you're lucky 50 points a week to your total. So you're, so do you feel like, how do you feel about your rebuild? I guess that's a question. Yeah. Well, it's year one of the rebuild tore it down to the studs, basically, except for, you know, T Higgins and Hollywood Brown. I expect them to be pieces that I count on moving forward. And I like them. Uh, Injury concerns for both of them propping up still, so that's not fun. But yeah, I'm expecting it to be a couple of years. Stock up in a deep class, hopefully next year. And as always, my plan is keep churning through the waiver wire, see if someone will hit. Uh, we saw last night my plan to get the the backup Patriot running backs could could be uh, coming to fruition sooner rather than later. Damian Harris is not really recovered from his earlier season injury. And then like I've been predicting, he's probably not going to be on the team next year. So it's just Ramondre and he just got hurt. So maybe these two guys, these two rookies that I have play their way into being part of the game plan next year. So that's 
that's also part of the plan. Draft good players and then hit lotto tickets. <laughs> Definitely a foolproof plan, right? Foolproof. All right. Just wanted to hear where you're sitting now. The regular season's over. And, uh, yeah, we will definitely get into more of that look ahead next year um, in some of these future episodes. But um, thank you for asking. I'll just say that. Of course. Let's talk about the other team headed for a first round by Eric beat Doug. Uh, Doug, fortunately, still gets to stay in the playoffs. He is our sixth seed. Um, but Eric, with a dominant performance, broke that 200 barrier. That's one that we don't see very often huge games from uh justin jefferson and newly acquired evan ingram there's some consternation from some of the other top teams in the league over that move but uh, eric looks like he's in good shape going in the playoffs and doesn't even have to worry about that first round no got that by exactly what he was doing once again ernie e fritz comes in with another 200 point banger finishes the regular season 12 and 2 on a four game win streak we knew that this guy was going to be our top dog. We knew that he is very, very difficult to beat. Uh, so he gets the first round by and he will await either Dason or Gooch. On the other side, Doug, we mentioned, does get into the playoffs, even though he lost. Unfortunately, I think he's a team that's kind of limping in. He lost Kyler Murray last night to, uh, the, I think they confirmed it was an ACL. So he's going to rely on Tua, which he's probably fine with, but you know, Tua did not look that great against a stout Chargers defense. So maybe some uh, some league catch up, you know, to Mike McDaniel's offense and, and just what Tua likes to do. I was talking to Doug earlier today actually about that. So he's not feeling that confident. He's also got injury concerns with Debo Samuel, who is likely to miss some time. They say he'll be back this year, but you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. And the thing we talked about all year with Doug is his starters are pretty strong, but once those injuries that we talked about just now start to creep up, um, the depth isn't really there, especially at, um, especially losing Debo Samuel. That's a big one. He didn't have the wide receiver depth definitely to withstand that. So I don't know, might be a, or, you know, a good thing Doug made the playoffs. He didn't make it last year after making some big moves. He finally gets that push in and, has a chance, right? That's all. That's all you want. You want to get in that group, so you see what happens. But probably some tough sledding for Doug in that first round. Yeah, I was just about to say that first round plus he needs to find the perfect situation with his receivers because that's where his uh, weakness is. But with no Debo and probably looking to play the same guys he played this week is is not. He just better hope for some crazy games and, you know, Derrick Henry and maybe mm-hmm. now with maybe Connor just gets a million carries. I don't know. So he better hope that he needs to have another big game like he was doing earlier in the year. Doug made the playoffs. You, you live to fight another day going up against old Wade in that first week. So congratulations, Doug. Let's talk about Wade, though. So he played Ben's team, but Wade put up a pretty low score for him, and especially compared to the other teams in the league. Only put up 127. Um, you know, we know Ben was on a down year, did his thing where he played another zero pointer. So Wade got the win. I don't think it really would have mattered. It seems like he's gonna be he was gonna be locked in the three seed either way. So he's got that first round date with Doug. 
But I think he's another team that I'm kind of categorizing as limping into the playoffs. The Josh Allen, Nick Chubb, you know, spike weeks that we were seeing early on in the season have not been really happening lately. Um, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are coming back down to earth a little bit. Tyreek Hill, not so much. He's still very good. Um, still, even with Tua struggling Sunday night, put up 23 points. But to that point, if that offense is kind of down, you know, hard for Wade to really rely on those two to both put up like wide receiver one numbers like he wants. Um, so yeah, I think Wade probably isn't feeling as good as he was when he was our number one seed undefeated, you know, just a few weeks ago. Yeah, I agree. But Wade strikes me, he's always been able to bounce back from kind of bad weeks. Like you'll be like, Oh, are we seeing chinks in the armor here? Are we seeing, uh, something to worry about? And then he'll go for 175. So it, to me, it's just, you know, again, without looking at who his players have matchups yet for this uh, first week, you know, if he's got decent matchups, I expect that team to put up another, a good, another 30 to 40 points. And, uh, you know, cause you could just see what he did this last week. I mean, CD with seven, you know, he played Kareem, he played Kareem Hunt with three, uh, you know, if he finds the right lineup and if he's got the right matchups, I, I agree that, yeah, he, he could be, you could categorize him as limping in, uh, but Mike Williams is back and just determine on what matchups he's looking at. And Josh Allen's always liable to go off for a 38 point game. And so agreed. He, you might, think that there might be a chance there but again like i kind of said in some of our previous episodes wade's he seems to always at least rise to some variance of the occasion so i expect him to uh, be able to put together that optimal lineup and again based on matchups and uh it, it shouldn't it, i don't expect it to this to be in a blowout by any chance but you know wade's uh i think wade's going to be in okay shape if you were Wade, would you start to consider playing Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen? Jalen Hurts is, has overtaken that uh, QB1 spot. Um, you know, you had him in Schneekley. You saw all the benefits, and especially like the last three games all have been monster, while Josh Allen has been more pedestrian. So would you maybe make that switch and try to ride the hot hand and you know, the potential league MVP in Jalen Hurts? I would definitely consider that heavily, if not make that switch now. Jalen Hurts just doesn't have bad games. Uh, he is – that offense is unbelievable. And just quickly, they both – Allen and Hurts have, in my opinion, good matchups this week. Uh, it's going to be hard for Wade to make that call because if he makes that call and then Hurts does it's – it's a Sanders, Boston, Scott, game well game and a defensive game. For some reason, Hurts only gets like – 20 but it's that was that's a very interesting and fun question and if i was wade i would i would almost maybe have made that call already to put me into a position where like you know hurts is my starter now because of what you said about Allen. i mean yeah last couple of weeks mid-20s that's good but he's had he's he's not putting up the high 30s that he was started out with you know, he plays Miami this week, so you can maybe call for a shootout. You can call for good conditions, whatever it may be. But, yeah, very fun question. So I would definitely consider it, if not, I've already made that call or wouldn't be afraid to make that call because, 
again, you're, you're juggling the number one, the number three quarterback there. Neither of them should let you down. And he really right. shouldn't need 40 from his quarterback to win. But <laughs> right. right now, Hertz is the one that is more able to put that up because they're just, I mean, they're, they're throwing the ball all over the place, you know? So I just, I wouldn't be afraid of that. All right. And then quickly on Ben's side, you know, we talked about a lost season for him. Started off 0-4. Not what he had expected after last year's good good run. But um, unfortunately, he does not have his own first rounder, which is currently in the lottery, will be in the lottery. That's with T right now. But he will have a high second round pick in, a, in what should be a deep draft. So maybe, maybe Ben can recoup a little bit of uh, – I don't know. It can just bounce back a little bit next year. We'll see. It's going to determine his running backs. They just did not perform this year the way they should have. There's, I think there's major concerns about what Kamara can and can't do anymore or what, if he's going to, you know, what that looks like for him. So yeah, lost year, down year for Ben did not live up to expectations and all 08 is going to either have to rethink it or just, what we kind of noticed with 08, he just kind of accepts and just kind of goes. <laughs> he just kind of says, well, my, what am I supposed to do? Like, this is my team. So we'll see how he approaches this offseason. Yeah. Nice trade for Kamara, Ben. Yeah, freaking 08. <laughs> um, let's see. Those are our top three teams. Let's save the bigger matchups. Let's talk about one that was important for uh, lottery and pick seeding. You played Dason. I know you would have liked to uh, give Dason another loss. I mean, I guess it didn't really matter because he was going to be in the playoffs either way, it seemed like. So where he finishes will determine where his pick that you own goes. But with a loss on your end, you do stay in the lottery. You have the fourth best odds right now. I don't remember what the percentages are, but in the running for that number one overall pick again. So you know, better than not for you and, you know, really just a, a nice, what do I want to say, a nice, like, a nice story for the old Sneaky Inc. team this year, winning six games, really punching above their weight. Yeah, it's a good storyline. It was fun, uh, and I still get into the lottery. You know, I still have the odds of getting, you know, at the very least, I'm getting a top four pick, which correct. great. I'm, I'm excited to just – uh, to be involved in that. And uh, yeah, I, good year for me. I'm, I was, like I said, it's fun to win, uh, but it's also, you know, I got to experience kind of both, you know, I got to rebuild, watch my rookies. I got to win some games and I still get to go into my next, you know, with three first next year, getting one of those top four picks. Right. And you are, you are my model to follow right now. So next year, you, you know, you asked me the question, can I, or how's my rebuild going? I would hope it kind of follows through with yours. I make a couple of good picks next year, see them develop, have some hope, and then really, you know, one more draft after that, start to make that push. So just following your lead as always, my friend. I love it. We will take over this league in two years. Let's talk about another fun storyline and another person who might be there with us at the top of the league in a couple of years. Big T gets his first win of the season right at the end, really puts the cap on on it. He he wanted one. He didn't want to go completely winless. And he did that by defeating Jim, close margin, barely above four points. 
Oh, Kirk and the gang pulls out his number one or his first win. There is not a fully all defeated team. Uh, yeah, like you said, T's team is very going to be very, very good, I think, next year. He's got two top four picks. Uh, with Pierce and Pacheco seeming to be, you know, pretty, pretty solid, effective rookie running backs, at least for the next year or two. DK, you know, Gabe Davis has his moments. Uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be in, you know, going to be good. We don't know what James Cook is going to do next year. Uh, He's got a lot to be excited about for the future. And like you said, there could be a major shakeup for all for not only for you two bottom buddies, but for myself, we could be make flipping this league on its head. And uh, you know, T with one thirty to to finish the year is very encouraging and fun and exciting. And he's had a couple of weeks like that too, where he was in that one thirty range, would have beat a lot of teams, and just happened to be matched up against someone a little better. But um, he also you know, put the official coffin or put the official final nail in the coffin for Jimbo's playoff hopes. Jimbo functionally didn't have a chance because of the tiebreakers, but he at least wanted to get to that seven and seven spot. So we could, you know, at least have a, a bigger gripe with how it was set up, but he lost. And, you know, it's not, I mean, we're, we weren't expecting too much out of him this year. I think he, uh, probably could have been a playoff team had a couple things broken his way but um, his pick which I think Brandon has ends up being the fifth overall um, again I think it was kind of set there regardless of what was going to happen and yeah that's just uh, that's it for him he's also in the middle of that rebuild he's looking towards the future he just made a big deal which I guess we should talk about trading um, Aaron Jones and a first to Brandon for Deshaun Watson and Khalil Herbert. So he's definitely looking forward to next year when Deshaun Watson is a little little less rusty, when Khalil Herbert is, I think, in Jim's mind, going to be the starter for the Chicago Bears. That remains to be seen, but again, he's he's prepping to, to get set to make a big push next year with another strong stable of running backs and maybe some receiver moves. Yeah, uh, I guess I forgot about that trade. When you when you kind of say it out loud, you're like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> that's Jimbo. <laughs> he gave up a first. Uh, he, he gave up a what was the first? What year? Twenty five. Oh, okay. so not bad. Two years away. Um, yeah, Jimbo. He's got good running backs. And if Deshaun Watson can get back to Deshaun Watson from, you know, four years ago, whatever it was, and he'll have a nice solid core of players. And uh, I don't think, let me see, what's his receiver situation? Who's he got? Garrett, Garrett will be his one. He probably needs to find some other help. I don't think. Yeah, you know. Garrett Wilson, he's got a solid guy there. He's got, oh, yeah, he's got all the thirds, so. Maybe he yeah. can find some wide receiver talent in the third. Probably should be able yeah. to find something and maybe hit. If he's got 10 picks, hit on maybe two of them. So. 
maybe Nico Collins is a good player for him next year too. He's shown flashes. The Texans should upgrade at quarterback. I saw today Todd McShay put out his first mock and had Bryce Young mock to the Texans at number one overall. So, you know, maybe maybe Bryce Young and Nico Collins is a thing next year. We'll see. We'll see. And then the final matchup of the week, the one that was really determining the final playoff participant, it was a win and get in scenario for both teams. Both had a bit of stinkers, especially uh, considering both their quarterbacks left early, but Gooch pulled out a win against Hesse, 106 to 93. Um, not, not, the, or not the final week that both teams were hoping for or expecting. But Gooch did just enough to get himself into the playoffs. Yeah, free, I'm looking down the line right now. What a stinker, you know. Just, uh, but you know, we were billing these matchups to be, you know, and that it, it's just as fun to watch it eke out with low scoring. And Gooch was able to eke out that victory, and he does make it into the playoffs. Don't know what Hesty's future looks like. Uh, he's got a lot of good but aging possibly moving into different type role players on their respective teams in his uh in his team so we'll see what happens there and what he can do for his future but gooch does pull out the win against uh Dayson week one or uh, first week of the playoffs uh, and depending on injuries and way he can, what lineup he can find, I know he Gooch has been struggling with uh, trying to find that optimal lineup. Uh, depending on matchups, depending on injuries, and what he rolls out uh, this first week of the playoffs, uh, it'll be another competitive matchup, and uh, he'll be on the edge of his seat, as we all will be watching. Let's give Hesse his props to first first season out of the playoffs and. A long time, so he's he's done well getting in. Has, you know, made it to the um, semifinals a couple times, but as you said, aging players. He put a lot of them on the trade block this year. Doesn't seem like he got very many bites, but maybe maybe he can start a little bit of a rebuild in the off season. I know he, you know, was waiting on really starting it just in case he made it to the playoffs this year to make one last run. Didn't happen. Maybe missed a little bit of opportunity, but there still should be buyers. I'm sure for a lot of those guys, especially you know, that are still going to be productive and still in most of their same roles next year, you know, namely the Bucks receivers and, and Tyler Lockett. So yeah, we'll see what he does. He might just write it out, though. You never know. A little hefty. He's probably going to have to. I mean, I don't foresee him being able to get much for those players so you probably should just hold on to them and see if you can make another playoff push next year but we'll see the offseason right before the draft this league is notorious for all of a sudden you don't think anything's going to happen and then some wild trade goes through so uh yeah. yeah i don't think he's getting a first for dalvin or zeke anymore with with their ages but i think he would have to do something like what jimbo did Trading Aaron Jones, essentially, you know, depending on how you look at it, Aaron Jones for either a Deshaun Watson quarterback or a Khalil Herbert, who's like a, you know, up and coming, like potential starter down the road. He'll have to like make a call there and just hope it pans out. Yeah. And, you know, that, like I said, with that Jimbo trade and a trade like that, 
well, we just mentioned it about Wade's team. He's got the number one and the number three quarterback. Having a 35-point quarterback makes a huge difference every week. It's not it's not a dumb call to like go after a young, high intensity type quarterback that can run and pass. So yeah, I mean like and and yes, he has that with Lamar Jackson, whether he stays in, in Baltimore, which I don't think he's going to, and he needs to go somewhere mm-hmm. where he at least has one reliable receiver. Because Lamar Jackson's gonna get what 60 rushing yards a game, probably you know, six touchdowns a year. And and if he's got a reliable receivers, like he could be turned into those a very consistent type quarterback where you have that type of scoring. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, With, we talked about it this year. Once Jalen Hurts got AJ Brown, the like really opened up um, his potential as a dual threat. So, you know, that's what Lamar probably needs. But that's it. Well, so let's recap the playoff group. Brandon and Eric have first round buys, and then we will see Wade play Doug, and Gooch will play Dason, and we'll break those matchups down later this week. But fun to finally be here to know our matchups. Um, we kind of, I mean, I think the only person that we did not think was going to be in the playoffs that is is Dason. Or at least me. I know I had said he was the follower. I expected Hesse to be in there. Just didn't break that way. But otherwise, not really a surprise that um, Doug and Chase are in. No, I think, you know, I had made the call that Gucci was going to be a riser a long time ago and make the playoffs, and he did make it. I forget. I think I said – I don't forget what I said. But, yeah, the playoffs are are set. Uh, it's that time of year. That time of year. It will be super fun to watch for the LV Dynasty League that we are all in. Is there, is there a Saturday game? Is there a Saturday game this weekend? Uh, I doubt it. Sometimes there's Saturday, Saturday games as we, it's usually not until the NFL playoffs, right? Right. Uh, I was like, man, maybe we could watch, we could watch the game at the, Christmas party, but there might you there have might be games planned for the Christmas party, don't, don't you? Oh, you've heard, you've heard that Scummy is uh, playing. There are Saturday games, though. You're right. We can put on. Oh, the it's the Bills Dolphins that'll be on at nighttime. Hey, well, uh, that's so, like Wade's whole team. Ernie, we gotta maybe let's throw some like prop betting games in. When you hear this, let me know. Um, yeah, Shane, let's up, let's wrap up this Tuesday Reviews Day, as always, with Gilmore Goons. Ah, yes, Gilmore Goons. Well, I am in the last season. Oh, boy. Uh, Lorelai and Christopher got married in Paris. Blech. Blech. Uh, Luke is fighting for custody of April mm-hmm. and Rory is getting ready to graduate Yale and she's once again directionless doesn't know what to do floundering <laughs> and right. I think that's about it big storyline points and you know as everyone knows because everyone's fan of Gilmore Girls the last season 
Not the best season. Not not the greatest like things going on. No, no, you definitely can tell when you're watching. Like this isn't this isn't the Gilmore Girls I know. Yeah. So tough to do goons this week with that season, but we will do it. So Lorelai and Christopher married in Paris, a bad pairing in a weird situation. Let's say that's like, let's do that right now with uh, Mac Jones and Matt Patricia in the weird setting of New England. Um, just not, not a fit. They're not working together. There's going to be strife. Uh, there is strife already between Mac and Matt, and there will be strife between Christopher and Lorelai. So that is that one. Luke fighting uh, for custody of April is like uh, the Ravens trying to keep custody of Lamar Jackson. You know, it's, it might so not end up perfect. the same as it will for Luke, but that's that's what they're dealing with, and it's a long, drawn-out kind of thing. Won't really resolve for a while. And then uh, Rory, again, directionless, as always, about to graduate Yale, is um, – Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury about to graduate and leave his position with the Cardinals, I think, in the offseason. And he, as always, remains directionless and dumb. Oh, my gosh. The Gilmore Goons special, once again, is perfection. Amazing. The greatest thing to come this year. We will see you guys tomorrow on a different Tanker and I Hope It Up Wednesday. I don't really know what we're going to do going to be a little different but we'll be here for you and you know be excited either way always and forever excited to talk about whatever we may talk about tomorrow i don't know whatever we want whatever we feel like whatever we want whatever we want all right we'll see you guys then bye